Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 91 of the See Zus Show. Wow. Um, this I think this is going to be my last uh, in-person episode in, in quite in quite some time, man. Um, so to update you guys on what's going on, I decided to take my talents to the West Coast, to Los Angeles, the good old land of opportunity, uh, just to you know, expand my empire and, uh, you know, do things that I'm very, very passionate about as well, too. So keep you guys updated with that. So I don't know when you're going to see episode 92, but hopefully you guys can can enjoy this episode. I'm going to enjoy this episode. So you're going to be seeing this guy a lot virtually. He has to visit me ASAP. Um, but, you know, before we get into today's hottest topics, you know me. I like to always rehash you guys on what happened in the previous episode. So in episode 90, it was your boy, Trade XXZ, XXIV, and myself. And we talked about, you know, essentially the bubble wars, um, the firing of Alvin Gentry. It's crazy that more coaches got fired in the bubble. Um, and basically our NBA playoff predictions. So our predictions have been kind of a little up and down, but... Um, overall, uh, I've been pretty impressed with what's been going on. So, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, for my co-host, my day one for that A1, Trey Day XXIV, a.k.a. Trey Fayez. You already know what's going on. It's Trey Day XXIV. First take, Trey. Trizzy, baby, anything you want to call me, just don't call me broke. You heard me? What's up, brother, man? Um... Uh, so, so I'll start it and I'll end with this, but man, uh, congratulations, man. Our hosts are very gracious, highly favored, blessed, blessed, way up, blessed host. Uh, we were really proud of you, man, from, from me and the rest of the team. This just makes the season so run and tick and, 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 you know, the friend group at large, uh. Proud of you, man. And we'll get back into more semantics later and stuff like that. But, man, uh, I'm happy to be here. Happy to pod. Definitely with everything going on. You already know. Came up with clips loaded. You already know. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, um, this is going to be a pretty interesting episode. But um, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't open it up talking about um, everything that's been going on um, in the United States. Um, and it's kind of crazy because, like... When we first had that very first episode about George Floyd and whatnot, and, you know, I'm asking you questions, and it took you a while to, you know, really, you know, get your ideas across, but in the beginning, you were just like, yo, I'm kind of I'm kind of numb to it right now. Facts. And I'm starting to, like, realize what you were saying at that point in time. It's like, yo, it, it, it just feels like as time passes by, it's the same shit that's being repeated, and and it's just it's just coming to a point where enough is enough. So, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, there was a guy who was based in Wisconsin. Um, he goes by the name of Jacob Blake. He was a 29 year old African American man who was essentially shot and paralyzed by the police um, a couple days ago, right? Yes, I think sir. it was actually August the 23rd as well, too. So. To summarize everything, and hopefully um, um, as accurate as possible, he tried to de-escalate a situation where there was women involved into an altercation. Um, I believe someone had called the the hotline, and um, the police came down there, and they, they tried to figure out what was going on. Um, they had a little dispute, and essentially he went to go um, check on his three kids who were in the car, um, and there was you know, a statement saying that he had a knife. There was an eyewitness saying that there was no weapons in his hand, but he went to his car in the driver's seat to check on his kids, and, and an officer fired seven times um, on this guy. His name is Rustin Shesky. Shot, shots were fired seven times, hit him four times, um, and I believe he's paralyzed from the waist down, and um, I think he was in uh, critical condition. So um, they say he was paralyzed from the waist down, um, and the doctors don't know yet if it's permanent. He also suffered a gunshot wound to one arm and damage to his stomach, kidney, and liver, and he had to have most of his small intestines and, and his colon removed as well, too. Um, give me your thoughts, man. Uh, with everything that's going on, obviously we're going to tie it into the NBA and whatnot, but how you feeling? Um, so, first, just let's just 
about today, right? And it's it's been a few days, of course. Um, and we all, I talked about very heavily the NBA being a distraction. Um, for everything that was going on, everything that we're seeing, um, kind of some of even like the lies that, you know, that leadership maybe has been able to get off, but just the lies that we're privy to each day and, ha- and kind of subjected to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good distraction, you know. I'd rather be arguing about, you know, why PG can't make a shot, <laughs> how Luca's white Jesus currently in the bubble, how TJ Warren was freaking Mega Man, you know what I'm saying, and and, and Dame Dollar and LeBron James getting another win and so on and so forth. But it 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 really it's a. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends today. <laughs> Shout out Mel. Um, how how there's levels to to being black, <laughs> and 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 how I felt because I literally got you know got to my place where I go and didn't want to do anything. You know, I didn't really have the spiritual energy because from a responsibility standpoint, it's like I have to feel. You know. Even if I don't know what to feel, I have to feel. And and to not feel over this certain thing, on top of you see the boycotts and the actions taking place, which is hurting pockets, is getting noticed. But but and that's even driving it. So it's like, all right, my leisure, boom, it, it turns towards this issue, boom. But it all circles around being black and then it comes with the issues and and the regular task and accountability that I have just of being a human and being I guess a man working for working for my my lifestyle and working for you know to have lights and have a fresh food and stuff like that and and you know that all that comes in and it's and it's draining it's really really draining and then you go from there for me then it's like all right where's the motivation at you know, all right, let's get up. But it, it, it honestly took me about an hour. I kind of just sat there on my phone. I kind of said I needed a distraction. I was thinking about maybe I'll, you know, hit somebody up and we can just talk, just see how they're doing. But even then, like, it, there's there's moments of this thing, and and this is for me, and I know everybody has different things. That's what it, that's why it's tough, because I consider myself to be blessed with the strength to kind of get through a lot of this stuff. But But for me... I needed a moment. I and for me, I wanted to call some people that I probably should call and check up on, but I don't even think I had the strength or the spiritual energy to check on them in this thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, you, you know me. I'll call you before I text you, like real fast. Like, yo, chop it up for you for five minutes, say everything I need to say. There probably could have been two hours via text, but it was five minutes in a, in a in, you know, a conversation, spitball it. All right, bro, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. Peace. But I was just like really this morning, just like. So, so picture that, but picture that and, you know, you hear about a young black girl that's in medical school that's on the front line, an essential worker that gets shot. So you have a day like that. Um, Picture, you know, a few weeks later that somebody's on the ground um, in a Midwestern state and the situation works out, not works out, but the situation pans out to where the officer is on the man's neck for eight minutes straight, and he's saying he can't breathe. And picture how you feel after that. Um, picture years ago when a kid's wearing a hoodie like anybody else would be wearing a hoodie. Like, I wore hoodies. Like, SeaWorld wore hoodies. Like, whether what race, whether what you know demographic, whether what... Definitely in the in the United States of America, you know, you're wearing a hoodie. You went to the corner store. I lived five minutes from a Seven Eleven walking growing up. Um, it, it, it happened that the kid died from a gunshot from somebody that wanted to be a neighborhood watch, and the kid had Skittles in his pocket. So picture how you feel after that. But but picture how that is on a daily basis, and then picture how you know you've had to have these conversations with your mother, your father, your grandparents, with each other, with your younger siblings, 
with with you internally with when you drive past the police um and I wouldn't even say the police but when you're in situations where it's not all people that look like you and you rarely ever are in situations where everybody looks like you um living how we live and, and achieving and, and aspiring what you want to aspire you're rarely in spaces where everybody might look like you and you're always planning an escape route thinking of what would I do in the worst possible scenario and and how how if this goes totally wrong can I make it out with just my life and then you add living trying to live trying to be happy um and then you add being concerned for the others around you that have those same thoughts and might not deal with them the same way you do, and then you got a three-headed stake. You have you have the the the, the monster from Hercules that that the heads keep coming and keep coming, and and you know it's it's difficult to say the least. So so when we talk about how I'm feeling, how you're feeling can be one thing, but do you reach out and go and try to make a change? You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, how can I fix this? Then it just becomes a, a, a darker issue in that because it hurts, and we'll get into this soon, but it hurts because it it, it, it might not be the exact same formula, but it's a remix, and it rhymes every time. It remix, and it rhymes every time. He might not be on his neck. But wow, they found a way to, to to kill her in her house while she was sleeping. Or or they found a way when he was going to his car to shoot him seven times in the back. Or or they found a way to to, you know, kill him when he was in his yard and he was seven years old, but he looked like a grown man. Um or or, or the or a toy gun. Or with a toy gun. So on and so forth. So on and so forth. So on and so forth. So so this this the spiritual part just in that you know is and, and these words are easy to say but when you're sitting down and you're surrounded by people that don't care aren't privy or can go and close their door to the issues <laughs> you know can really close their door to the issues and then come back and talk about it only as an inconvenience for them only as an inconvenience that was perfect on, only as hey you know, they were you're protesting last night. I didn't get any rest. Or, you know, the the traffic was blocked off. It took me forever to get to work. Uh, you know, or, you know, they should protest differently. You know, that's one way to protest, but breaking stuff is not the way to protest. It's an inconvenience for some, you know? So so and I'll ask you how you're feeling and we'll keep diving into this. But how are you feeling, man? Um, a little numb to it, but at the same time is it's just another lost soldier um, for no reason. I just feel like hopefully there can be a change at some point because it's just getting tiring. Like you said, it's taking a it, it's taking a toll on us. Like we, it's, it's it's like you said, it's kind of by default that we have to go through this and whatnot. But um, I really think that you know we can defund the police and you know try to get. The bad apples try to get people who are in position of power um, out of office so we can see true change as well, too, because it's just kind of crazy how you have a 17-year-old kid, um, Kyle Rittenhouse, who basically, during these riots that were happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, he had a fucking um, assault rifle, and he killed two people and left a third person seriously injured. Nothing happened to him. I think he actually went home to go sleep peacefully, and the, and the officers came to actually arrest him well too. And I saw another video too of another white individual. I can't remember where it was. It just happened to be on social media, where he's picking a fight with this white cop, and while he's picking a fight with him, the cop tries to use a taser. He uses a taser on him, and white dude. I don't know if his drone's rushing. He kind of just said, yo, this doesn't phase me. Then he was kind of, you know, in a in a in a physical altercation with them. Yeah. And then he proceeded to go in the cop's car and try to drive off and, and didn't end up driving off. And I think he ended up getting like caught up and whatnot. But it, it's just kind of crazy how 
these racist cops, these cops who are fearful or hate or haters of, you know, the darker skin tone, black African Americans or whatever, is crazy how against their own, they'll basically look out for them when they should be looking out for all of us. When you should not necessarily need a weapon to resolve an issue, especially for the most part, there's always multiple cops there together. But it's just kind of crazy how we're being treated. And then what's kind of ticking me off about this as well, too, obviously, I can't relate to it because I'm not a father yet, and hopefully I'm a father in the future. Dude has two, three kids, bruh. Like, he's only 29. Like, Mm -hmm. imagine, I don't even know how old the kids are, but imagine being those kids and seeing your dad coming to check up on you, you're worried. You're like, yo, like I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? They're they're not quite there yet, um, but now they're going to be traumatized forever. And essentially, they're picking up sins from their father in, in a sense as well, too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just sucks because you're altering someone's life as well, too, and, and you're affecting a lot of people as well. So, um, hopefully, you know, justice. Uh, you know, justice prevails and, um, you know, we, we see change from it. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of becoming a numb situation to me. But uh, I think change will come as well. Um, anything else you want to add to it? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, to – and, and we're going to get to basketball. Promise you guys that because this is directly related to basketball. This is directly related to um, – to, to all of it, of course, can't find the words right now. But um, even like this particular issue, uh, you know, you're you're asking yourself, what do you do? Um, it's scary enough to maybe be detained by the cops because we've seen what happened to a said Sandra Bland, who, for all intents and purposes and all you know, all evidence that is common sense, was alive when she got put in the police car. And from the mugshot, she wasn't alive when he took the mugshot. Um, so it, it's even scary with that. So he's walking away, he's checking on his children. Whether the words were exchanged or not, the cop found it safe and found it in his right to shoot the man in the back while he's reaching in his car. You know, not even reaching the car. He's literally picking in the car to check on his children. Um, it tells you something about the complex. It tells you something about the structure. It tells you something about... Um, what power they believe they have when they put that badge on um, when it comes to, to the certain group that they're dealing with, you know? And and just a day, the 24 hours, 40 hours afterwards, we saw a light in day. We saw, uh, I won't even say say Duke's name that had the soul riper that sh- killed two people um, and they let him go home and have a good night's sleep, drink chocolate fucking milk and... <laughs> You know, get patted on the that fucking back by his mom. That his sick. that his mom drove him from from Illinois to Wisconsin. Gifted him the rifle because he can't go buy it himself. So his mom drove him across state lines, gave him a rifle, and then proceeded with that same privilege, fueled snowballing, going down the hill, picking up momentum and momentum. Across state lines, given the rifle, then he parades in front of police after shooting two people and then gets into a confrontation with an officer as well as tries to steal a car while around armored vehicles. If I see one cop, one cop, one cop, one cop, I know my life's in jeopardy. He's around armored vehicles, protest cops that are talking to him. He's in confrontation with a cop. It speaks to the privilege. It speaks to the night and day, the night and day, the night and day. If you can't see that there's two things going on here, then you're you're fooling yourself. You're choosing not to believe in it. And honestly, if you can't see that there's two things going on here, then you're very much complicit in that. And, I, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, you didn't say anything, whatever, like that. That that's that's here nor there for me. You can be completely quiet. I understand where your side where your side is. That's cool, whatever, like that. But if you can't see that there's two sides, and, and, and you're you don't feel a type of way about it, then that honestly means you're okay with it because it's not affecting you. It's not affecting you, but it affects. Like I just went into earlier, it affects us every single day, every single day, and. 
And here's my last point, and we'll, we'll get into to, to more basketball stuff. But but when it comes to this stuff, and when it comes to solution that you rack your brain, you rack your brain with because nothing's new under the sun. Again, it's remixed. It rhymes. That's all it is. It re, it regurgitates. Time's not linear. It's gonna come back again. Come back again. Come back again. It's rebirthed each time, and we keep seeing this rebirthed each time within this system. Um, my mind goes to, to so many things. It mind goes to what what is what is the language that I could speak that that would help me communicate better with this system. You know, and I and I won't go into it here, but 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 it seems that that things don't budge unless it's money, unless it's violence. You know, and 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 even then, there there are people and constantly even right now there are things there are are entities there are big corporations that would say yo let's flip that you know oh they were out there destroying their community whatever like that when we know who was destroying the community when we know who was out here doing what when and how um so like i said before my main thing is organization leadership and 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 more than ever Togetherness in that, um, and and I'm not I'm not singling out one race or culture or whatever like that. This is a structure, and and I truly believe that in in a well-oiled system, you can take Sewell out of the system, insert Joe Blow there, and if my system is working to perfection, it's gonna work. The system's not broken. The system is working to perfection currently. We have to break it. We have to break it monetarily through protest, organized, and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and, and through, and through a, a lens that the country's never seen before. And, 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 I, and I say that into in being creative with solutions to these problems because the system is not working. This system is, you know, so on and so forth. And there's one side that's perpetuating it perpetuating it and, and, and saying that it's fine and, and saying that it's it's fear that jobs will be taken. No, because it's out here losing lives every single day, B. Every single day. And it's not good for the mental. It's PTSD to wake up black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's PTSD to wake up black. It's levels to this stuff, bro. It's real levels to this stuff. You know? And, and, and like, like, Mike, like Malcolm X did at the end of his journey, when he when he went to, to his on his pilgrimage and stuff like that, and he realized that yo, you know, I, I saw people with blonde hair and blue eyes praying to the same God I pray. I saw people that look just like me praying to the God I pray, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. That that this can come together, and and we can it, fix this system. Mm-hmm. We can fix this system, no matter what race background you come from. But we have to make a system of our own while dismantling this system. So, so for me, it's not. Black versus white. It's this system and people that choose to buy into this system and are cool with this system of brutality and and, and, and punishment and and, and incarcerated slavery and so on and so forth versus the people that are damn fed up with it. You know what I'm saying? So we have to figure out how we're going to treat each other this next hundred years, how we're going to teach, how we're going to approach, how we're going to do everything. Because if not, we're not going to keep going forward. And the powers that be are only going to tighten their grip until we can't no more. But we have to come together as black, white, this, that, the third. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not singling nobody out. I'm saying you either with it or you're against it. And we have to figure out a way to keep it going. That's that, that's mine on, on that. For sure, for sure, for sure. So um, make sure you guys go out and vote um, and, you know, just, you know, continue to use your platform, big or small, and, uh, you know, keep, you know, spreading the awareness and, you know, getting people woke as well, too. Uh, But moving on from that, going into the NBA as well, too, uh, this past Wednesday uh, took a huge uh, twist, huge, uh, huge, huge twist, I would have to say. Um, it all started when the Milwaukee Bucks refused to take the court for a playoff game yes, um, against the Orlando Magic to protest the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, um, so Wisconsin. So the league announced the cancellation of all three games scheduled for Wednesday as a result in a meeting of NBA players later Wednesday night cast doubt on whether the postseason would continue at all. Um, so 
The unprecedented decision to postpone the games was quickly followed by a couple different leagues. So um, you had the WNBA who who postponed their games. Um, the you also ladies. had the the Brewers who postponed their games as well too. Um, you also had teams like the Cincinnati Reds, the Seattle Mariners, uh, the San Diego Padres, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. All of them um, postponed their games. Even there were some tennis games, um, you know, that got postponed together. So I love how we showed unity um, and I love how we showed that players now have so much more power power using their platform so much more leverage as well too um sorry Kyrie yeah yeah so, <laughs> sorry Kyrie and we'll talk about that uh, in, a, in just a little bit as well too um but yeah the cancellations underscored an emerging new reality in big time sports in which athletes like I said before are increasingly in um increasingly able to express themselves on a racial injustice and other social issues and leagues are finding ways to accommodate their views because at first it came from, you know, this is your profession, you stay in this lane, shut up and dribble. Now it's like, no, yeah. I'm a fucking U.S. citizen, you know what I'm saying? I have my rights. I'm electing officials to basically align with my thought process and how how I want to live and how everyone else should live as well too. Why, why shouldn't my opinions matter? So use your fucking platform um, as well too. So there was a lot of tensions. Um, so basically, you know, when the Bucks decided not to play, they, they, they were in their locker room for hours, still suited up, um, basically trying to figure out ways to, um, you know, make some change as well too. Uh, even George Hill came out with a little comment as well too. And he basically said, uh, what did he say? Um, when we take the court and represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are expected to play at a high level, give them maximum effort, and hold each other accountable. Um, then he also said, we hold ourselves to that standard, and in this moment, we are demanding the same from lawmakers and law enforcement mm -hmm. as well. We're calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand officers be held accountable. For this to occur, it is imperative for the Wisconsin state legislators to reconvene after months of in, um, in action and take up and take up meaningful measures to address issues of the police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform as well too. Um, and then after that, like I said, the other teams decided to cancel. And then a majority of the players uh, essentially met up and were kind of discussing what were the next steps they needed to take. Um, so there were some questions on, yo, should we boycott today? Are we going to boycott, you know, tomorrow? Are we going to boycott for a couple more weeks until things can get resolved and we can kind of compromise? Or um, are we going to continue to play? What's going on? So most of the teams voted. Out of all the teams that are still in the bubble, only the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers essentially um, had a majority vote amongst those two teams on basically shutting everything down as well, too. Um, so it was pretty crazy because... Fast forward and everything, you know, everyone's just thinking like, yo, what's going to happen? What's going on? Yada, yada, Later came today. Well, they had a meeting again at 11 o'clock today. Um, obviously, they had a lot of talks with owners and people who are in those positions of power. And um, they're going to continue um, to start playing, I think, as it's going to be as early as either tomorrow or Saturday as well, too. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of crazy that you say sorry, Kyrie, because before, you know, when we well, when they first made the announcement of, you know, the NBA basically, you know, players going back into the bubble, playing the eight regular season games, seeding games, and then going into the playoffs, Kyrie was the first guy who basically said, Yo, fuck this. Yeah. We need to take money out their pockets. We need to essentially try to have have an impact on our community, how this society is ran as well, too. And we're just not gonna take this bullshit no more. So we should boycott the rest of the season. If it's going to hurt our pockets, it hurts our pockets in the short term. But let's hurt their pockets as well, too. And let's force these people to confront their problems, to confront everything that they hate about themselves. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and really sit down and have this conversation, this open dialogue going, yo, there's actually a problem going on. And it's crazy how whenever Kyrie is in the news, they try to vilify this person, try to demonize this individual. He's the disruptor as well, too. What are your thoughts on... Um, you know, everything going on. And at the same time, like, we should be praising Kyrie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm not a, a Muslim, but uh, shout out to our, our Muslim brothers and sisters um, and everybody that supports us from there. But I am a um, student of of black liberationists and black activists. And, and again, going back to Malcolm X, he uh, said, and this was funny, because at the end of his 
book in his autobiography, he said, just as sure as you watch, he's like, um, I have like poked the bear pretty much and um, everything that I have done in my life, they were going to marginalize it and um, turn it into just maybe one thing. They're, they're not going to talk about everything that I did. They're going to make me very one-dimensional, and the media will seek to destroy me and everything that I've done, and they won't talk about me in any good light, maybe other than maybe one thing. And all that we hear from Malcolm X is always like, yo, um, uh, by any means necessary. Not once was that even said in his book. You know, that's crazy. And we were, and it's always pitted against each other in our short curriculum of uh, civil rights Martin Luther King versus Martha Malcolm X, which honestly, if you look at it in, in a very historical sense and in a very like educated sense, that these two people were not against each other as well. They had different ideologies for the same goal. Um, and not calling Kyrie either of them, but when when you see the media attack him for things as such and statements as such, and you look at where we are uh, as a people, as a country and stuff like that, um, at first, common sense is like, yo... Why would Kyrie say not play? Now it's like, yo, I get why he's saying not play because like it's gonna happen again. We need to make sure this stuff is actually gonna, you know, they're gonna follow through with it because once they just they just want us to go off and run and be distracted and stuff like that. So I get it. You know, I I understood. It. I think I was all for what Kyrie was saying before. Um, same, and there's same, same. there's there's always different ways to the same goal, but at the same time, uh, if anything. This for the masses has to acknowledge Kyrie as uh, the open thinker and 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 the understanding mind that he has that he is and even you have to dig deeper than what the media just portrays about Kyrie and in this situation and I think uh, even even more to that and I and I'll wrap it up here that it was interesting that the two LA teams the biggest market in in NBA currently that's the biggest market LA market is the biggest market in NBA with Kawhi PG uh, LeBron AD. And, and supporting cast, the biggest market in the NBA, voted to not continue the season. Um, that's a telltale sign. Uh, and they're saying they're going to start it up. They're, you know, whatever how they put out, say, yo, we're going to try to start it up. We're going to resume the season. Cool. But there's major power in those two locker rooms. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see. Maybe it'll it'll come out to why they said that and, and just, just their thinking. But there's major power in those two locker rooms. Yeah, so <clears throat> let's say, for instance, because you can leave the bubble anytime. So let's say if, like I said, the Clippers and the Lakers, like you said, they are the two biggest markets. We expect them to, one of those teams to be the champions at the end of the day. Let's say both of them just said F it <laughs> and left the bubble. Do you think every other team will follow suit? I think that we'd get the biggest PR stunt that we've seen from the league in the, in the bubble league thus far of saying, oh, well, the league has decided not to continue playing in a bubble. And um, I want to say shout out, but on, on, on a two-pronged thing. One, I want to say shout out to the players for stepping up, right? And and, and how we received the, the news, because you have to look at news at a few angles, right? You see the news that, yo, the, the bucks are not coming out. So we, we can say that, hey, the Bucks really started this thing, this domino effect, saying it talks about not playing. We know we heard about Bucks and Toronto. And Celtics, yeah. And the Celtics. And, and, and we could argue that Toronto's not even, honestly, an American team. It's in the National it's Basketball crazy, League. Right? But uh, the, all, all the foreign talent on that team, you know what I'm saying? So we, we can argue that both of those teams kind of started that. And then, you know, but it's still marketed as, oh, you know, the universal day of protest, the league's going to protest. But so 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 shout out to the players for being on the forefront because you really can't cover up the truth that much. You can't. So the players chose to do that. Boom. The league had to deal with it. And then they marketed it as protest. Um, as well as, you know, the league not really coming out and just saying like, yo, we've decided to take a day off in solidarity. It was all our idea. So so there there's a balance there. The league's still trying to make their money and appease all their fans because there's fans on the other side that just want them to shut up and play basketball. They're kind of trying to appease, but there's also the players that they understand have the most power, have the most power. So we, we saw a kind of meeting in the middle from a media standpoint right there. Um, and, and Lord, I, I really I really forgot where I was, which basket I was shooting at. But um, really, but... Um, <laughs> 
but 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 shout out to those players. Shout out to those players. Um, big market. And we even say like, oh, Udonis Haslam says the season can't continue. Okay, I'm I'm back where I'm at. The season can't continue if they don't play. And honestly, I don't see that happening. You know, because the story, the narrative's too big, and and you don't I'm have. Not, I'm not watching. You know, you I'm know, not watching. You, you lose. I I dare to say half of not. 65, 65, 70, 75 yeah, yeah. percent of your viewers just like that, <laughs> you know, because you know how much. If you ever watched, looked at one of those maps, like yo teams and like fans and stuff like that. I mean, the Clippers are not super, super huge, but Lakers are everywhere. Lakers, I think, have like last chart I saw, like BA was like Lakers fans. You know what I'm saying? So if those that doesn't happen, they're doing their quickest wrap up job to go and and fight for justice. The league is, I think, I think they're gonna try to. Get the people that killed Breonna Taylor in jail. Just that, like, just get these people in jail so they can start up and start making money again. I think that's what would happen somehow, some way, you know. So, ah, that 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 is what it is for me. It's crazy because like, I'm all I'm all for um, the movement. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm always going to be for the people, for for my people, for our people. Yeah. Um, but there was, it was crazy because there was a there was a there was a Selfish part of me, just from a fan standpoint, that we just want to see it continue. Play ball, <laughs> yeah. No. I'm like, damn, like, what am I gonna do at this time? Like, what the hell's going on? Because I can, I can group certain things. Like, I can still support compartmentalize. What's going on. Yeah, I can, I can yeah, compartmentalize. I can still compartmentalize all these things. You know, what I'm saying to get things done, but the mass can't for some reason. Yeah. Um, so there's part of me that was being selfish, but at the end of the day, I was like, yo, y'all with it? I'm with it. We cool with it. Like, whatever y'all going to do, like, we all going to follow suit as well, too. Um, so that was crazy. Uh, I guess my next question uh, for you is, is like, um, I mean, what what happens from here? Like, what, like, what do you think happens from here? I think, um, so the timetable is very, uh, is very, Important when looking at these kind of issues, because because from a PR standpoint, uh, friendly PR major here, shout out to the Robertson School. He taught me a little something, even though I was half sleep or either <laughs> on my phone after class. But we're not talking about yeah, that. Um, but uh, timing is very important. So so I'm approaching this like a PR crisis, you know. So what I put out is super important. If I think there's some semblance or some. Uh, some kind of way that this is actually going to work out in our favor. I'm putting that out fast and alerting our fans because you lose marketing dollars, you lose uh, money just by people being in limbo nowadays because it's the information age, so you lose money like that. Um, so it's like, boom, the, the league will start up. We haven't had a date when it will start back up because we have to replay these game fives. We have TV contracts. You know what I'm saying? None of this is really... None of this stuff is really, really working Uh just up front, but we have to put it out so so you feel good. You know, it's like a bedtime story in a burning house. It's like, yo, you know, the the prince saved the princess and whatever like that. But let me go put out this fire, you know, because so so the, the the front superficial vocal promises are are, are said, but then it, it takes a, a whole team. And sorry if I, I got away from the mic, but it takes a whole team of people. And I only say a whole team. It takes thousands, millions of dollars to go fix that issue that I just promised you that we were going to fix. So so looking at it, the NBA must be 50%, a little bit over 50% confident that they can bring the league back. But with the headlines that keep coming out, oh, there's going to be more meetings. If you're confident that, that the NBA is going to come back, the, the the headlines of more meetings is, is, is important when it comes to Yo, the people that are following this, you know, social justice stuff. But we know there's a big part of, of the league viewers that don't care. They just want to watch basketball. And 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 when 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 you look at that in in the, in the two prong thing, uh uh, and damn, I, I got lost again. But when you look at it in a, in a two prong thing, it's saying, hey, you know, we're good over here, but on this side, we might not be playing basketball. We really might not be playing basketball because we're having meetings and meetings. That means somebody's not happy. That means a perennial power is not happy. When you see, again, the biggest headline I saw was the Lakers and the Clippers shows not to continue playing. Those two teams go home. It's a freaking problem. 
So, and you have Doc Rivers on your perennial team, and I, I can just see if the Clippers don't play, I don't see LeBron playing. I don't. I think he's they're they're the only team that can really push his hand because it's not legitimate if the Clippers don't play. It's not legitimate. It's a like it was an asterisk at this point <laughs> with everything going on. It's an asterisk, but with the Clippers not playing, it's a, it's like yo, let's pack it up. Like I'll go fight for change, and I'll be even more of a superstar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if if I'm just thinking about me as LeBron and as a PR, which I know he doesn't think like that. That's that's not really sick, or it's just you know. It's things that go through your mind. But let's pack it up. Let's fight for my people. Because I have been doing that. I got my rings. Cool, whatever. So there, there, there's, there's stuff behind it. On top of that, I'm hearing reports that they got Michael Jordan. I'm just going to hoop and sell my shoes, Michael Jordan, to go and talk to the players and to, to get them to go back on the court to figure out, you know, what, you're gonna, what are you going to accomplish here? I think that's the most detrimental question. I think that's the most... No, I won't say ignorant, but that's that's the most insensitive question to ask. What's next after somebody? If you you realize what we're not doing this for, somebody got shot seven times in the back. He's paralyzed. He's handcuffed to the bed right now. He's handcuffed to the bed right now. He's paralyzed. He can't walk and go anywhere. He's handcuffed to the bed. What can we do next? Is the dumbest question that I want to hear after I finish protesting. You know what I'm saying? So what can we do next? It's like, no, we got your attention. What are you going to do next? Mm. <laughs> let's be real. Let's, let, let's really start potting here. What are you going to do next? Stop asking us what's next. Stop asking the people that have been oppressed what's next, right? Because if you really give a damn about that or us or about anything going forward, what's next comes from you. The, the person that speaks first loses the deal. In a in 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 a, in a offer in a, in a debate type scenario, so it's like, all right, here's the offer. The first person to speak loses the deal. Stop asking us. You putting us in a compromising position that we just took a stance on. You're asking us to bend over backwards again. It's like, no, it's time for you to bend and show us that you care about us. Because if not, then we need to rethink this. Yeah. In, in inside, in me, I think we should rethink it regardless. But but for for the people out there on the front lines and in the NBA, players have first and foremost, put themselves in, in, in a first-line type scenario. And, and I won't get that confused with the people that are protesting, are marching. That was out there with a 17-year-old boy, and that have been out there in the face of, 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 of men that are carrying assault rifles when people are out there just singing and marching and stuff like that. I won't confuse that with that. But the NBA has put themselves in a, in a, in a, in a, in a front-line scenario when it comes to this new sports protest thing. So the acts what's next or to get your your old goat your old face of the league and come back and says what's next that and that ties I'm going to wrap it up here soon but that ties back into the system mm-hmm. that I was telling you about that ties back into the system I can replace you with Joe Blow but if the system's working I replace you with Michael Jordan but if the system's working <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's going to it's going to it's going to work to perfection so to ask you so what are you going to do next is the most insensitive question to ask. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. No, I feel that. Um, so I can't really comment on that because I don't know exactly what was said behind closed doors. So maybe that's the report that you read, but it would make sense. Um, but anybody, why. whether it be Michael or yeah, anybody, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but there was it was said that Michael did speak. Yeah. So I'm not yeah, putting yeah, words in anybody's yeah. mouth. So I mean, it makes sense why he would speak. One, he's I think the only black majority owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so. If there's one way to get to the other owners, I think you would use Michael Jordan as your platform. Obviously, he had a communication with Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. They're all a part of Jordan brand as well, too. So yeah, talk to um, I think, you know, being a former player and being an owner, seeing it from both sides of the field, he's trying to uh, be that middleman and trying to truly bring about change at the same time. And I feel like he kind of has to come out and say something because if you followed his documentaries close to like all we did, he was very um, apolitical during his very whole, much so. you know, uh, reign as an NBA player as well too. So very much so. Um, from what I heard, it was more so just um, more so listening than action. Um, and it seems to me uh, what they were talking about is you know them having an open dialogue on you know what can they do um, to essentially move forward as well too. Now I do think 
He's a businessman at the end of the day. So businessman, not a businessman. Yeah, a businessman. I do think at the end of the day, he kind of probably told them like, "Yo, like from the player's standpoint, my nigga, like I gotta get paid." These owners, I'm an owner too, but these owners, bro, they gonna lock you guys out next season just to get a new CBA to pay y'all less. So at the end of the day, it's like, is it even a win win lose lose? Like, like what's going on? So. Yeah. Um, that's pretty interesting to think about as well, too. So, um, yeah, we're just going to continue to monitor everything and, and see what happens as well, too. Like I said, right now they're saying that they're going to play. If somewhere down the line they end up saying scratch that, then I wouldn't be shocked at all, Fuck. to be honest. So um, we'll, we'll continue to monitor everything and 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 see what happens. So uh, we can only really take it a day at a time as well. So, honestly, I would want to stop here, but okay. the fact that I'm not – I'm going to be recording an episode for quite some time um, once I get adjusted. Uh, we're going to keep it going and, and, and try our best to talk a little bit of, uh, you know, actual basketball as well, too. Um, so we'll, we'll keep these short. Let's try to keep them each topic under like three minutes or so as well. Um, so the Pacers fired Nate McMillan. Um, they fired was, all the black coaches. That's <laughs> crazy, right? Which was shocking, right? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> all right. First fist deal. Then we got um, uh, dude for Pelicans. Now we got Nate McMillan. But anyways, um, he the Pacers fired him, um, and they were the fourth seed this year. It was crazy. He had four seasons with them starting the 2016-17 season. Um, out of 319 games he's played, he was 183 and 136. Um and it's just crazy how he got fired because, and, and it's crazy, I always repeat myself every single episode, you're you're putting this individual in a disadvantage because he's already in a small market, right? So we always talk about this, summarize it with small markets. You can't attract those marquee free agents like mm-hmm. that. You have to literally strategically build from the draft. And people from the top down have to all come to an agreement on how they want to move forward with everything, how to how to shape that roster, how to develop these players into, you know, you know, a good product at the end of the day. It's a business at the end of the day as well, too. So for him to be dealt these cards, it's kind of a shame how you have a winning record and, you know, you fire someone because they get swept. But every year you guys have made the playoffs. Every every year you guys have made incremental tweaks, incremental whatever to get a little bit better, and then you get fired. Because when you think about it, like this year, like I don't understand why you would fire him. Victor Oladipo had that gruesome injury, came back. You can clearly tell by every game he plays, he's not 100%. Yeah. Their all-star, their only all-star is here, Sabonis, had plantar fasciitis. He wasn't able to play as well, too. Malcolm Brogdon has been battling neck problems. Everyone forgot about Jeremy Lamb, who's a pretty good piece for them. He's been out basically most of the season. Why has he been out? Um, I think he had ACL injury, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have um, Mega Man, in which he said uh, TJ Warren, who's also <laughs> playing through a foot injury as well, too. I said too. Megatron. So, Megatron. <laughs> um, TJ Warren, who's also playing through a foot injury as well, too. So you're just kind of like, bro, like, what do you expect? We're not fully healthy. What do you think is going to happen as mm-hmm. well, too? Um, so if you had to summarize it in 30 seconds to a minute, what are your thoughts on all this and, and what happens from here? I think um, for somebody that has reached the ceiling or smashed through the ceiling for every expectation you have for him with the roster that he's had for his teams, um, it's kind of disappointing to see him fire. Definitely in a year like this, uh, playing the team that he played, um, and, and and maybe it's a larger conversation to have once again about about coaches of color in the league, uh, but 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 even so, it, it it goes back to to the small markets, you know, and how do you make it appealing for players and coaches alike? Because because right now it looks like trash, and I think you really need to shake it up. If I'm the commissioner, if I'm a league leadership, uh, so shout out to to to, to coach uh, the, the Pacers coach that um just got let go. Um, and he, he'll find a, he'll find a job. I think quick, fast, and a hurry if he wants someone. Um, he was an amazing coach. He was always a contender in the league for a small market, te- uh, a contender in the East for a small market team. Um, and he developed players pretty well. Oladipo, um, did he have PG there when he was there? Maybe not. No, but but even th- with his roster, he was always maybe a few games behind or a game or so off from that next level. Uh, so shout out to him, and uh, we'll see what happens from here. He actually may have had PG there. Um, yeah, he had PG there for one season, and that's when he made the playoffs. And I think that's when they got uh, swept by the Cats as well, too. But he's literally the only person there as well. So, LeBron James. Um, I like him. I think 
he owes it to himself um, to when he gets a new coaching job to be able to be around all-star slash superstar, you know, tier players. So when I think of places he can go to, I know they were talking about Greg Popovich's rumors to go from the Spurs over to Brooklyn. I would love him in Brooklyn Brooklyn um, as well, too. I would love him in Brooklyn, and then I would also love him uh, with the Pelicans as well, too, if that if that spot's still available for a person of color. That, that would be fire. Um, I think he bring, he's very defensive-oriented. He's a player's coach and just brings the best out Why of Why do we have to say that for a person of color? Why not for a good coach? For but, a good coach. Uh, yeah. I digress. Yeah, I mean, you know the percentages, man. We, we need more black You guys. know the stats, man. You know the stats, man. Uh, moving on from there, going to make it quick as well, too. Another firing took place, Brett Brown. Um, I, I, honestly, I'm not shocked. I was kind of waiting on this as well, too. Um, so Brett Brown played a total of 565 games. His record was 221 and 344. Obviously, it's a little skewed because of the trust of process going on as well, mm-hmm. too. Uh, but once Ben Simmons got drafted and Joel Embiid was fully healthy, we kind of got to see uh, you know, his ceiling and whatnot. So they ended up making three playoff appearances. Obviously, the first first time Ben Simmons as a rookie and Joel Embiid uh, as a you know, young vet uh, made the playoffs. They lost to the Celtics in the second round in five games, so four one. Um, and then the next year, uh, they lost to the Toronto Raptors in seven games. Obviously, with the infamous bounce uh, from Kawhi Leonard. And then the next year after that, which is this season in the bubble, um, obviously Ben Simmons goes down, and uh, they're four. They they lose four zero as well too. So. Um, do you think he deserved to get you know fired, and do you think he's going to find another job elsewhere? Because I kind of feel like I think he's a good coach, but I feel like with the philosophies that he's trying to um, have on the court, I just feel like the superstars that he has can't really accomplish, you know, that. accomplish that goal. That that's my my spill about it as well. But what do you think? Uh, yeah, so maybe system and and. and um the system and not being a oil system uh, and, and personnel, this goals of the system and goals of the personnel maybe didn't match up. Um, I think maybe they'll find him a better fit elsewhere. Um, it was tough to watch Philly at, at times and, and honestly, but if you look at it, um, you know, your other superstar has an injury and they battled, was a shot away. I always bring this back up, a shot away from beating the defending champs. Um, so, you know, there there's two sides to every coin. Uh, so he can't be that bad if, you know, he, he was one shot off from beating the defending champs. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Brett Brown. I can see him getting another job somewhere, maybe bounce around. I'll probably go to a younger talent like the Chicago Bulls or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just start from the bottom and work your way up as well, too. As, so As long as the goals align for him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens from there. Um, so obviously we had, uh, you know, a couple of, um, you know, different takes on um, the first round as well, too. So um, I'm trying to pull up our predictions that we had from last week. I kind of wish that I just had like had that written down or whatnot. Yeah. Um, oh, I, my predictions were fucked. I, my shits were fucked. Too. <laughs> we were just bad. Excuse my language. <laughs> Sorry. I think. Guys. I mean, this is an experiment. Experiment. Uh, experimentative. Well, I don't even know how to say that right. Uh, this is just a year of experiments. Yeah. Um, because they're in a bubble, so we we kind of take for granted the circumstances that they're in so yeah. it's going to be kind of it, it's I'm, I'm not shocked that we're we're a little off as well too um yeah i don't know where it was but okay so we said bucks first magic um obviously the bucks are going to be the favorites we said bucks and four essentially um magic kind of got them the first game and then the bucks picked it back up and won three straight so i expect them to close it out um, I think you said Raptors in four, right? Yeah. You may have said Raptors in four. Maybe you said Raptors in four. Well, who were um, Raptors playing against? Sorry. The the Nets. Raptors versus the Nets. Yeah, I said, I said a sweep for that I one. I think you said sweep, and I think I said six at first, and then I think I went back to this saying five. Yeah. That's what I said. Then. Okay. I, yeah, you said four. I said five. He was right. Um, and then we said the Celtics versus 76ers. We try to give Joel Embiid the benefit of doubt and and how they had size to go up against the Celtics that we said that he can win at least two games. That was wrong. I feel like when you're a big, you really need that guard or that two-way wing player um, who can create 
for others and also set you up and put you in position to do well to do well um, to get you those wins. I don't think bigs can do it on their own. So, so side question one more time. Um, like we talked about last week, would you keep in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a new direction for Philly? Would you keep Joel or uh, or Ben? Well, Ellen Brand, the GM, said that they're not going to break him. them up right now. Um, but people can be pillow talking and saying one thing to their boys and whatnot. So I, I really don't know. But to go back from what you said last week, you probably keep Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, and then you just surround him with shooters, a slight, yeah, two way, two way players and the shooter and shooters and kind of mold them kind of like the, the Milwaukee Bucks and hope that he uh, can get out of his head and shoot the ball. Um, Paces and Heat, you said seven. I remember I said five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just knew, like, once I saw them play against each other, Jimmy Butler go up against TJ Warren and the no, fact that Victor Oladipo isn't up there, Sabonis gone. And with the NBA, what I've seen is once players and teams start to catch a rhythm, there's really no going down from that. Um, in I the just bubble knew, that. Yeah, in the bubble at that. I just felt like the Heat were the superior team. And Jimmy Butler just has this weird type of effect on people. <laughs> um, and it's starting to He's work as well. He's a competitor, bro. Yeah. They were just a better team. In all aspects, so I expected nothing less than that. Um, then the West, we still got these matchups going on right now. Uh, you know, the Clippers, obviously, we had the whole pandemic P uh, <laughs> pandemic BS going P. on. I was so angry with this guy, but he ended up saying that, uh, you know, he had mental health issues that he was battling a little bit, a little bit of depression, um, and kind of just bought into the whole social media hype as well, too. So um, he was able to visit a team psychiatrist, talk to his coach, um, talk to his team, talk to his immediate family, and he was able to ball out. Um, obviously, Lucas having a little bit of ankle injuries. Porzingis, we don't know when he's going to be back. Luckily, bittersweet that, you know, we had this little two-day stint for players to rest and just take their mind off of things as well, too. So hopefully he can come back as well. But, um, you know, right now the Clippers are up 3-2, and I look for them to close out next game. Uh, Denver, Utah, I'm more so surprised with that. Um, <laughs> Denver actually went down 3-1, obviously. You Jamal said it, Murray. though. Yeah. You said you yeah, got a person called Spider Mitchell. Spider Mitchell, and, and young D-Wade, that, bro. That was golden. That That's going to age well. But, yeah, <laughs> man, he's killing them. He's killing them, bro. On top of Jamal Murray came back, though, with, with Avengers. But I really thought he was going to get them out the way. Yeah. But, but no, nah, Donovan Mitchell's killing it. So, yeah. shout out to you for that hot take. For that yeah, good bro. Take. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell up next, bro. I would love to see him on another team, but he's doing just fine uh, in Utah right now. So, um, they're up 3-2. Obviously, they're up 3-1 at one point. It's rare when people come back from 3-1 deficits, but as of late these past couple of years, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, you know, with the Clippers losing to Houston, with the Golden State Warriors upsetting the uh, Thunder, and then obviously the Cavs upsetting the Warriors as well, too. So anything is possible. Yeah. Um, but if it's any team to come back from a 3-1 deficit right now, all these teams remaining, I, I would have to put my money on Denver. Yeah. But looking at Denver, it just seems like, with those two starters, Will Barton and uh, Gary Gary Harris, uh, they're definitely missing that def- defensive presence from their wing as well, too. So I look for Utah to close it out. OKC Houston, I'm assuming Russell Westbrook is going to come back as 2-2 right now. If Westbrook can play at at least 90%, it's a wrap. I have Houston winning the next two um, because it's kind of hard to game plan for him, especially when you've been only game planning for a James Harden-led yeah. team as well. So as good as OKC is, um, as good as they match up with them, I think Westbrook is the key uh, to moving forward. And obviously with the Lakers-Blazers, we were kind of wild and we kind of bought into the hype. Um, we knew that the Lakers were going to win, but we said – We said seven. Team, I think we said six or seven. I said six. I you, think I gave him like six. Probably. You said six as well too. So um, obviously Dame is banged up. Um, he has, you know, not only a – Sprint, dislocated index finger. He also has a knee issue, so the he already left the bubble. He already left the bubble. Um, so I look for the Lakers to route them, and uh, maybe next year, Blazers. Maybe next year. <laughs> um, but to end all things, you know, we still these games are are playing out right now. So I guess from the East, we pretty much is a foregone conclusion that the Bucks are going to be playing the the Miami Heat. Who do you have, and why? Um, I'm going to have. The heat and the upset because of experience and coaching. Uh, I was going to get into uh, Eric Spolster rant before, but he's been there like damn near a fucking decade. Like he's goat level, goat level coaching. You said four years? Four straight finals appearances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's goat level coaching. Um, um, So I'm going to, I'm going to bet on him. I think the Greek freak will have something to say about it as well, but I'm just going to, um, 
go with with the upset. This is a hot take, so I'm going to go with the upset. So he, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to go more dead to buy as well too, but let me let you guys on a little inside. My battery's getting a little low. I forgot to charge it, so we're gonna make this a little quick. I won't do it again. I promise. Um, I mean, just looking at it, if there's any team to match up well against the the Bucks, it would be the Miami Heat um, as well too. I love Jimmy Butler. I love Eric Spolster as a coach. I think they. I think they have the coaching. I think they have. They have a checkmark on coaching. Obviously, the Bucks have the checkmark on the superstar, and yeah. I think the Heat have the checkmark on the depth. They have experience. He claims. I mean, uh, Jay Crowder has been there. Iguodala has been there. Lennox has been there. I mean, a good amount of them have actually been there. But the Bucks, you can argue they've been playoff tested as well too. They've been there the past couple of years, and last year got to the Eastern Conference Finals was literally one, uh, no, two wins away from getting to the finals. But I mean, there's a reason why Giannis is the defensive player of the year and looking like he's about to be the reigning MVP, and he has something to prove. And I feel like that Toronto Raptors series last year uh, really helped, you know, build him back up to be the player he is now. So. Yeah. I have it going seven games in the bubble, and I have the Bucks winning that joint. Okay. So. And then the last but not least, we have uh, the Celtics versus the Raptors, which I think out of all series, like even in the West for the second round, whenever like we get there, that's going to be the best series. Who you got and why? Um, of course, I think we'll – Granted now, granted now. I don't mean to alter your thought process, but it's fresh cut Tatum out here. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, unless the Celtics somehow get like some crazy rhythm, and they have, and they have rhythm I think right the now. Best, I think they have the best closer in 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 the series in Kemba Walker. You know, you're gonna get the oh, ball. I thought you were gonna, gonna say Tatum, but yeah, you're no, right. The best closer. Yeah, closer, um, yes. Uh, I can see them going to six or seven games. Celtics, and I want to say Toronto, but. I'm gonna go Celtics with the 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 youth the 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 punch they could pack and I might eat this take later on because we might if they continue we might see that Toronto gets them the about the way because of the experience the defending champs I shouldn't be saying this but I'm gonna go with the upset again so hot take how many games six or seven six which one six or seven pick one pick one pick one if the Celtics get them out of the way it's gonna be in in, in seven but. Toronto would be in six. Okay, so you have the Celtics upsetting the Toronto Raptors in seven. Yes. Okay, cool. So this was a tough one for me. I really didn't know where to go because it's literally like a flip of a coin, to be honest with you. Um, both great coaches, uh, both great form of star power as well. Obviously, the star power more so leans on uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker as well too. But I really think that – um, Gordon Hayward will hurt them a little bit, um, him not being able to, uh, you know, play because he has that ankle sprain as well. But mm -hmm. I think Nick Nurse is actually a better coach uh, yeah, than Brad Stevens. And I feel like based on what you said, the championship DNA that they have, the confidence that they have, they've been the best team in the bubble since the, the, the NBA restarted. Um, I think that all those aspects will fuel them to get a championship. But I think one of the biggest things that we have to look out for is – now that Gordon Hayward isn't in the bubble right now, True. you got Marcus Smart on Fred Van Fleet. And if Fred Van Fleet gets shut down or gets bought a little bit, then I might have to go with the Celtics. But this is going to be a tough one. I got the Raptors in seven. Um, I think you... I think you're going to put Kyle – and Kyle already has an ankle injury right now, too. I don't know how Scary. severe it is. So it, it's very up and down type of thing. But I'm putting Kyle on Kimba. I'm putting Fred Van Fleet on Marcus Smart. I'm putting um, OG to start off on Tatum. I'll put Siakam on Jalen Brown, and then I'll put Marcus Saul on Diaz. So I think they have the depth, um, and I think they have that, that championship DNA to get them over the top. So I'm going to go with the Raptors in seven in the bubble. Okay. 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 So, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 91 of the Caesar Show. 
um, last episode uh, for the time being in, in, in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it's been a blessing. This is where the journey started, and um, the journey is going to continue just in a different location as well, too. So I hope you guys uh, really enjoyed this episode from a social standpoint and then obviously from a, a basketball standpoint as well, too. I hope that uh, we always continue to give you guys much-needed content, um, you know, when you're, when you're driving, when you're down, when when you're working out, when you're doing whatever to, yeah. to, to kill that busy time where you're just an NBA fanatic, definitely subscribe, rate, comment um, on the Caesars show at TradedXXIV at Sir Caesars. Um, any last words, man? Um, thank you, man. Thank you for letting me come up here and talk my shit, bullshit with you for the last year, year and a half. Um, uh, super proud of you, like I was telling you uh, like a week ago. Like, I knew it. I knew what it was. Like... Uh, just proud of you. I knew what you was going. You were going to do what you said you was going to do. That is what it is. Um, you know, you, you, you're you're incredible within yourself. Got to give you kudos. To you give you your flowers, your 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 Bentleys, your Rolexes. Why you here? You know what I'm saying. You, you know what I'm saying. Um, so so no, I, I'm proud to be beside you. Um, I'm happy for you going where you going. Um, and and and. I, I'm 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 a support. The support system is gonna be here no matter what. You know, I'll be there virtually, stuff like that, man. But as you continue to chase your dreams and 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 and, and dream eyes wide open, man, and uh, only only turn to inspire the next man and and the next kid that is nine, ten years old to to do what they're doing and stuff like that. Uh, just you know, you got my energy, you got my power, Captain Planet, Unite type. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 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 shout out to our host, our very gracious, highly favored, humble host, Sir Caesars. That's all I got for the end of this one, man. So shout out to Caesars, the Caesars show. This is episode 91. You already know what it is, man. We got our fist up. We brothers this is how it goes, baby. You already know. <laughs> And on that note, we are out.